She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Episode 9. The Backstage Rage. In this episode, while on the way home with the pizza, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo find a violin case filled with money. While Shaggy calls the gang, Scooby is distracted by a poodle in distress and the case of money is reclaimed by its shadowy owner. When the gang arrive, a clue at the scene leads them to a local puppet theater, and then things start to get crazy. <gasps> crazy. Yeah, they get wild. They get ragey. <laughs> its original air date was Saturday, November 8th, 1969. So I have a question for you. Yep. We've talked about how their titles on Scooby-Doo were kind of punny, and they're kind of cool, right? But like, the backstage rage, like having watched the episode, do you have any idea why they chose that name? I think because it rhymes and <laughs> Okay, that could that could be it. There's a theater and it rhymes, and I think that was it. Cause yeah, it doesn't really fit like what yeah. happens in the episode. Yeah, because like it doesn't fit either of the definitions of rage. So like like it's all the rage or like angry, right? It doesn't fit either. I'm in of a those. rage. Yeah, so yeah like just, you the Harry Potter musical. Sorry, that's a it's oh. a big nerd reference. There's like a a Harry Potter musical is like a parody musical that was made like twenty something years ago by these college kids that got really popular on YouTube. And Darren Chris actually plays Harry Potter, who's like super famous now because then he was on Glee and stuff. But that's super famous because I don't know who the hell he. Is. Well, anyway. he yeah he's done other. And we stuff know too. that I am the tastemaker. So yeah, well, he's pretty famous, but he also wrote a lot of the lyrics for the very Potter musicals and actually for Starship, which is Star Kids, one of their best musicals. It's very good, but he wasn't in that one because at that point he had been contracted to be in Glee and he couldn't be in it. Uh, anyway, that's some Star Kid trivia if anyone's a fan. But there's a scene in the one of the very Potter musicals where Harry Potter is just like in the books, he gets like kind of angry and they kind of make a joke of how it's like sort of underplayed. And so he's just like, I'm in a rage. And it's just like, there's a gif of it. And it's, yeah. Anyway, every time I think of that word, I feel like I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a Charlie Brown cartoon. (laughs) Like I hear you talking, but I'll hear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, fellow star kid fans will understand. So you're welcome guys. Like the same level of understanding for me. So, (laughs) but you probably hit on it probably just because it rhymes. So yeah, I think that's yeah. probably what it okay. is. Yeah, I was just I was just trying. I could not figure out what I like. I like use the I use like the what is it called the um the Google thing the N gauge or whatever it is like to look up like it's all the rage and like when was that popular and when was it used and all this kind of stuff. I was trying to find out like was it popular then? I don't know. Just, I just could not figure it out why they chose it, but you probably hit on it. But it's yeah. Yep, it's catchy. It rhymes. It rhymes. Yep. Okay. I guess rhyming is like alliteration backwards. Or so. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. I haven't slept lately, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nick is a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Today is going to be fun. We're also recording paper clips, so if you have listened to that episode, to this yeah, you're gonna these know. go together. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna. Be that like, could be a fun oh. game for people because I'm I am putting the recorded on dates in all the show notes for episodes and so they can see like when things happen with each other and be like oh that's why 
every episode for like there has that same reference because they have no new ideas gotcha okay right yeah so yeah or because tori is watching this one show that she keeps bringing <laughs> up she talked and about I, that a lot like three months ago on the x-files and now she's talking about it again and yeah it's just because we're recording them at the same time it's, <laughs> i i go through my little hyper fixations and yep yep Anyway, so Scooby Doo. <laughs> <Scooby-Doo. laughs> we have the opening sequence, which is the same for the entire first season. And then we get the episode title card Scooby Doo, where are you in the backstage rage? And again, it is the animating one with the gang running under the title, mm-hmm. which I think is going to be the standard. I think we're gonna, only going to get two of those cool episode cards, and that's it. But I yeah, I think those are over. But who knows? Maybe a new one will pop up. Yeah. So it's a full moon and Shaggy and Scooby are walking home from the pizza palace and Shaggy's carrying a pizza in a pizza box. And it's nighttime, obviously, because it's full moon. And this is I mentioned this last time I figured I'll carry it over. So this is the fourth of the nine episodes so far where we don't get like a spooky teaser. We just like start with the main characters. So Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the teasers are gone now, too. I don't know. Anyway, so Shaggy comments that it's a spooky night, and Scooby agrees. And then Shaggy is like, man, this aroma of this pizza is driving me wild. And he's like, hey, Scoob, you know what we should do? What if we just ate this pizza right here, like right now, like right on the sidewalk? And Scooby's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I mean, he doesn't actually say that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And then Shaggy admits that they did only have two blockbuster pizzas at the Pizza Palace while they were there. So it was barely a snack. So, yeah, it makes sense they're hungry, right? Oh, yeah. They only (laughs) ate two pizzas. I'd be starving still. Yeah. And I don't know if that's two per person or they shared two pizzas, but still. Anyway, so Shaggy pulls the pizza out of the box and he's like, man, I always wanted to be a pizza chef. And so he spins the pizza on his finger. And then as it's spinning, Scooby is like, oh, chomp, 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 chomp. And like the only like the smallest disc of a pizza is left. And so Shaggy like sarcastically like thanks him for leaving his finger. Yep. So, yeah. So they hear a vehicle approaching and Shaggy wonders if it's the gang in the mystery machine. And then we see it's definitely not. It's this dark four door sedan and it's being driven by a shadowy figure. And in the back seat, kind of hanging out one of the windows is this like guitar case or violin case. And as it cruises down the street, the sedan runs over some like rocks that are in the street. And so the car does that bounce thing and the case, which was sticking out the window falls out and it hits the street and the car keeps Mm. going. So Shaggy sees that and he calls to the driver. He's like, Hey, mister, you lost your thing. And you know, the guy doesn't hear it because he's driving on. So they go over to investigate. And it's a violin case. So Shaggy picks it up and he says it feels kind of heavy. And he opens it up and it's full of money, possibly thousands of dollars. And Scooby is like, millions. <laughs> so maybe millions. Yeah, I don't think Scooby understands money, but yeah. Probably not, but I don't know. I mean, thousands of dollars is probably a lot to a dog anyway. Yeah. So Shaggy hands the case to Scooby and tells him to guard it while he goes to phone the game. So Shaggy goes over to a phone booth and he dials the number in the phone booth. And while he's doing that, we see the shadowy figure is in his car. He starts up the car and he heads towards them. And yes, like in the scene where he starts moving, he is apparently driving down the sidewalk. The car is not lined up properly on the background animation. So then he's actually on the street and he passes Shaggy, who's in the phone booth, which is good because the phone booth is on the sidewalk. So that would be traumatic. And then it stops 
And Scooby is like nervously whistling. He's holding the case. And Shaggy doesn't see him go by because Shaggy's like talking on the phone. So Scooby looks at the vehicle because it stopped. And like the vehicle's empty now. There's no driver in the driver's seat. But there's this little French poodle in front of the driver's door. And it's got like an injured front paw. And it's limping around. And it's all, hmm, 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 hmm. And like if Daphne was a dog, she would be this poodle. So it like yeah. blinks his big old long lashes at Scooby. And he's like, oh. So he sets down the violin case and he runs over to help. So he asks the poodle what's wrong, and she kind of demurely turns her head. And then meanwhile, we see a shadowy set of hands pick up the violin case that Scooby-Doo set down. And then Scooby's being kind of bashful. He's obviously like smitten with this dog because he's kind of got his head turned away too. And then the poodle does that little hee-hee-hee-hee-hee giggle thing that people do on TV when they're being coy. And then because Scooby isn't looking, the poodle like lifts up in the air into the vehicle, and then the sedan like drives away. And then the moving vehicle obviously gets Scooby's attention. So then he runs over to where he laid down the violin case. And of course, it's no longer there. So that's mm-hmm. weird. This poodle just like, weird. <laughs> it's being abducted by aliens. Oh, oh no. This is it's, X-Files oh, adjacent. Oh, no. There's going to be another fearful symmetry where aliens are taking animals. <laughs> no. So the gang has arrived and Shaggy is asking Scooby what happened to the case. And Scooby does a pantomime kind of acting out how he saw the injured poodle. And then when he got back, the violin case was gone. And so Shaggy kind of guesses as he's doing his like charades and is like, oh, there was a girl dog and you set down the case to go help her and someone must have taken it. And so Daphne asks him where the girl dog was. And so Scooby shows the exact area where the car was parked and they decided to go look for clues. You forgot that the girl dog had big eyelashes. Oh yes. Yeah, he even does very... a little, he even does a little waggy paw thing to give her big eyelashes. Yeah. Speaking of eyes, Fred's eyes, when he's like, okay, gang, look around carefully for clues. His eyes are like insane. They're like, doom, doom, like going back and <laughs> forth. All this kind of weird. It's kind of creepy. Fred has some good expressions here in the next couple scenes. So. So Daphne finds a puppet controller which Fred promptly takes from her. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> and he realizes that on it, it says Pietro's puppets. And he says, that must be the puppet show across at the strand. And then Scooby does a puppet pantomime and tells them that he thinks the girl dog was a puppet. And Fred says, it looks like they have themselves a little mystery. And when he says that he is making a face that if you've ever seen beauty and the beast cartoon, when Gaston um, is yes. talking about how Belle likes books, Fred is making that face. He's just like, mm, just like clutching the puppet controller is kind of funny. So, yeah. And you can tell that Tori hadn't read my notes ahead of time because she, no. when I said that Fred promptly takes it from her, because he does, she's like, look, what's this? And he's like, let me see that. And like grabs it from her and it's like, oh, look, it has a clue on it. It's like, dude. Like, like dude, she she found it. It was her clue. And yeah, I've seen Beauty and the Beast a million times. I realize you're talking to like the audience though, but like yeah, yes, I grew up on that movie. That and The Little Mermaid and The Lion King. Yeah, millions of times. I have a problematic history with that movie because I love Gaston. No, Gaston. He's got the best freaking song in the movie. Let's be honest. He does. He does. Yeah. Well, I guess LeFou has the best song in the movie, really, because it's so really. It's really LeFou's song. So, but I mean, yeah. I promise I'll stop talking about Star Kid, but they have a musical <laughs> that's it's called Twisted and it's the story of Jafar 
it, it's like they do the wicked thing where is it like Jafar is the actual hero of Aladdin and they kind of tell the story from his perspective and it's really really good it's one of their best shows as well but they have a song that is like all the Disney villains coming together and saying like you know I just wanted this and I just wanted this and like Gaston is like I was just trying to save her from a men beasts thing <laughs> and it's just I don't know and the guy who plays Gaston is really great and so I think it's Robert Mannion and yeah anyway I, I don't know I'm not even on a star kid kick but here we go they keep coming up this episode so <laughs> if okay. anyone else is a fan hit me up we can talk musicals all day so Velma lists off their clues There's a puppet dog a violin case and packs of brand new bills which we hadn't actually learned yet, but now we know. We just knew it was filled with money, but apparently they were brand new bills. Daphne says they don't seem to hold together unless, and then everyone except for like Scooby-Doo says counterfeiters. (laughs) I mean, that's the obvious conclusion. Yeah. And then we have a commercial. And then again, the whole time that Velma and Daphne are talking, Fred is just like clutching that puppet controller. And he honestly kind of looked like he just smelled the worst pizza fart ever. And Shaggy is kind of standing right next to him and kind of has this apologetic look on his face. So (laughs) maybe we don't know, but whoever animated Fred in these scenes was obviously like going through some issues in life because they, it's, it just shows on Fred's face and I hope they got through it, but it's, it's kind of amazing. I kind of love it. It's weird, but I love it. So I hadn't really noticed that, but that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, it's just, he's just like, Oh, just like clutching this, this puppet controller that you stole from Daphne. He just got this look on his face. Just like, Mm. it's just funny yeah until the very last minute right right before they all say counterfeit he's like hmm and looks over at Velma and then they all say counterfeit off screen because it's Scooby's all like what so because Scooby doesn't get it but yeah so then the gang is in the mystery machine and Fred is trying to figure out how they can get inside the strand theater to look around you know obviously like Nick's not say Fred is the B and E king, but it's true they do. He's they all do about breaking and entering, man. That's why all what he lives for, I swear. And Daphne says they could go in for an audition with a trained dog, which if the strand has a puppet show, I have no idea how that's related, but okay, sure. Yeah. So they all think that's a great idea. And Scooby starts primping and Velma calls him a ham. Yeah. I also like how it's it's at the Strand Theater. So we got some Sherlock Holmesy action going on here in town. that's cool yeah so they all stand outside the rear entrance of the theater and it's still nighttime and inside they see someone is working this puppet on strings and it kind of looks like a ventriloquist dummy the puppet's wearing like a red suit and bow tie and straw hat and its eyebrows move up and down and its mouth open and closes and the puppeteer is this old guy and he's got like that bald ring with white hair around like surrounding his ears and the back of his head and he has eyeglasses perched on his forehead. So he looks kind of like Geppetto, but like... I would say he kind of got a Geppetto look going on. I think he's even wearing like Geppetto colors, honestly. Yeah, he, yeah, just like older and more Scooby-Doo look. And button-up shirt, vest, that kind of look. So they walk in, because the door is not locked. And the man says, hello. And he's not bothered at all about them walking into a theater at night, I guess. And Velma says they'd like to inquire about setting up an audition for their trained dog. And Scooby does a little dance, and the puppeteer says, that's pretty good. And then he asks the puppet, Johnny, what he thinks. And Johnny's like, nope. And basically, you can't work in the theater unless you're a puppet. 
which you know again i don't know why they thought a trained dog would be a good act for a puppet show but yeah okay whatever yeah so daphne is like wow you're really good and asks if he's a puppet master and he's like oh no i just play with them as a hobby and daphne's like you sure seem professional which sounds weird really i mean maybe it's just I don't know. It just sounds like a weird compliment. But anyway, um, and he laughs and says, sure, why not? The great Pietro has helped me. So apparently he learned under Pietro. I don't know. And meanwhile, Scooby is sniffing around some puppets and there is a witch puppet and there is a clown puppet and they are hanging on the wall. And in a little bit of foreshadowing, which is kind of cool, these two puppets are basically like puppified versions of the villains in two upcoming episodes. The next oh, nice. one, which is episode 10, and then three episodes later in episode 13. They're like, like if you took those villains and made puppets out of them, it would be these puppets. So it's not just like oh, a nice. random witch and a clown. It's definitely like those characters. So it's kind of cool. So the animators were like, hey, we know what's coming up. So as he's sniffing around the puppets, the witch puppet like raises her broom up in the air like she's going to hit Scooby with it. And so Scooby's like, wow, and he runs and he leaps on top of Shaggy, knocks him down just as he's about to ask the puppeteer a question. So a little embarrassing for their trained dog to be behaving like that. And Scooby stammers about a witch and they realize that he was scared by a puppet. And so they apologize to the puppeteer. And he's like, oh, that's okay. I'm going to go put Johnny away. So he leaves. And while he's gone, Scooby, who is still sitting on top of Shaggy, who is still like laying on the floor, Scooby sees like a dollar bill sticking out of a cabinet behind Shaggy. So Shaggy pulls it out and it's a brand new bill just like the ones that were in the violin case. So Fred's like, hide it. And so he does. And then the puppeteer returns is like, so about that audition you guys wanted to set up. And Fred is like, oh no, can't talk about that now. We have to go. Gee, thanks for the puppet show. See ya. Bye. And Daphne and Velma are like, what the fuck? What are you, what are you talking about? And Shaggy's like, yep, Fred's right. Gotta go. Good night. And so they all leave. <laughs> and it's totally not suspicious at all because Fred is super smooth. So Puppeteer's yeah. like, okay, well, anytime, anytime. Come on back if you want to. Goodbye. And then when the door closes, he's like, hmm. And he looks super suspicious after them because Fred is not super smooth. I was being sarcastic. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's weird to show up <laughs> for a dog audition anyway. And then like you finally that he's like gonna give it to you or at least get it set up. And then you're like, oh, sorry, gotta go. And you're not even gonna talk about when you might come back. Like, just what? Yeah. Yeah, and the dudes are all like, yep, we got to go. And the ladies are all like, what? What are you talking about? We just got, what are you doing? So, yeah, it's a nice setup. So in the van, Velma is still like, what the hell was that? Why the big rush? We didn't even get a chance to look for clues. And Fred tells Shaggy to show them the clue he found. It's a brand new $20 bill. And Fred says he'll bet a donut that it's fake. And Velma says, it sure looks real. And Shaggy wants to use it to buy a Blockbuster pizza because they haven't had enough pizza tonight yet, apparently. And Scooby agrees. That's the plan. They should get a pizza. And Velma's like, be serious. And then she examines the bill and she's like, in my expert opinion, this bill is 100% genuine. So Fred wonders if someone planted the real bill to throw them off and make them think nothing fishy was going on so they wouldn't go back to the theater. So Daphne asks what they're going to do now. And Fred says... We're going back to the theater. We're going back. He's going to break and enter if it, whatever it takes. He's going to yeah, do it. I guess so. Yeah. So a little side note, this, this little bit here where Velma's all like, Am I, this is 100% genuine. In a recent episode of the podcast, more or less, they talk about Spock 
and his logical analyses. And they talked to someone who actually went through and went through all the original episodes. You know, Spock is always like, well, Captain, I think there's a 97.3 chance of this succeeding you know, or that kind of stuff, uh-huh. right? And so they actually went through and did all the analyses and they found out that it's actually an inverse correlation. If Spock says something is definitely not going to happen, it will happen. And if he says that something is definitely going to happen, it doesn't happen. So it's like totally opposite. And so but they'll, the episode is talking about like how you can like gauge and like the types of people who like, you know, like, you know, understanding like how probability works. It's really, it's like nine minutes long. It's one of their shorter podcasts. I have a link in the show notes, but it just reminded me of that because I heard it recently and it was all about like making predictions and just kind of was like, you know, Velma's a counterfeit expert apparently. So, yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was funny that she just like looks at it and she's like, nope, it's real. And I'm like, (laughs) well, and they all just take it as like fact too. Like, well, then they must have planted that to throw us off the scent. Like never like it, maybe it's a really good counterfeit. Right. I know. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah. So outside the theater door, I didn't check to see if it actually is the exact same footage, but they're all like, you know, standing around the backstage door, looking back in, and then they see the puppeteer is asleep. So they go in because the place is still unlocked. No one locks doors in Scooby-Doo land, apparently. And the puppeteer is also apparently like a doorman or the night watchman because they call him the doorman, even though he's like a puppeteer. Anyway, he's asleep in a chair and he's snoring and he's got his feet up on the desk. And Johnny, the puppet, is like cradled in his arms and also sleeping. Right. And so they walk past him. And as they do, Scooby's tail knocks his beret off a hat rack and it falls to the floor. But Scooby is apparently afraid it's going to make too much noise, even though it's just like a hat. But the puppeteer doesn't move, and he keeps snoring. So Scooby's like, and he keeps walking. And then we zoom in on the sleeping puppeteer, and Johnny, the puppet, you know what's going to come. You know what's coming. He opens, like, one eye, and it rolls over and watches them walk away. Creepy. Creepy puppet action. Maybe the puppet is real, and it's controlling the man. (gasps) Maybe. Pretty sure that was an episode of like Angel or Black Mirror or something. Well, and that's kind of sci-fi one of trope. Ba- yeah. One of the Batman villains too. Oh yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Fred tells everyone to give the theater a good going over, and Daphne's like, "Well, what are we looking for?" And Shaggy's like, "Clues." And then he like goofs <laughs> around. He opens this. There's this theater like set piece backstage and it's got a door and he opens it and he says i'm checking the clue closet and then like behind it is this life-size puppet of a shadowy cloaked figure in a hat that we are gonna call the phantom and it actually looks like the shadowy driver of the sedan from earlier anyway when shaggy opens the door the puppet like you can see it's on strings it rises up so shaggy doesn't see it which is probably a good thing because he'd probably freak out and then when he closes the door it lowers back down again so and then he's like all no clues here and then he starts laughing and they're like, stop messing around and like, be quiet. You know, you're making too much noise. And then Fred's like, hey, does everyone know the signal if we find something? And Scooby's like, yeah, I know it. And so he's like trying to get his paws in his mouth and he's trying to whistle. And then he finally gets it and he gets up this big, loud whistle. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, be quiet, dude. Although seriously, why is there a signal to whistle when they're trying to be sneaky and like do illegal searches? I don't know. But yeah, it's go. not the best, not the best yeah. subtle signal. Yeah. So Shaggy is told to stay with Scooby to make sure he doesn't make any noise, despite the fact that right before Scooby whistled, they had to tell Shaggy to stop making noise and messing around. But 
whatever. And so they split up to look for clues. And then after Velma, Daphne, and Fred leave, we see the phantom puppet is lying across this catwalk. And it doesn't seem like a puppet anymore because it moves by itself and it pushes over the theater set that Shaggy had been goofing around with. And it falls down around him. It's got one of those things like where it falls down, like he like, you know, it falls, the window like goes over him so he doesn't get hurt, right? Just falls down around him. And he's like, Scooby, what'd you do? And then as they walk away, the phantom pulls a rope that unrolls this like painted background from the rafters. And Scooby's like, ah, and runs away. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we kind of got some Phantom of the Opera action going on now, too. Puppets yeah. and spooks. So meanwhile, Velma and Daphne are looking around. And Daphne says she wishes they had a clue to help them find a clue. So, like, maybe some idea of what they're looking for or anything. And Velma says not to worry. She's sure they'll find something. And in the rafters, we see a phantom is cutting a rope with a knife. And then a huge sandbag falls, and it barely misses Velma. And Daphne's like, oh, my gosh, the rope must have broke. And Velma looks at it, and she's like, broke nothing. This rope was cut. And she was like right next to it. So almost killed by a sandbag. Yeah. And it was a huge sandbag. It was like, if we assume Velma, because Velma is like the shortest of the crew. So let's say yeah. Velma is like five foot two. Like, let's make her actually maybe probably shorter than she is. I don't know. But it's like she's five foot two. That sandbag was like at least two feet tall. And then like proportionally like a sandbag wasn't like all tall and skinny. So that sandbag weighed some poundage. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. And then it's commercial. So we have our second commercial of the show. And we come back and Shaggy and Scooby are looking around the dressing room area and they decide to go into the wardrobe room. So you know what's going to happen here, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, as they go in from a side door, the Phantom is watching them go in. And then Scooby finds his brightly colored box and he peeks inside, but he doesn't see anything. But then as he's looking at it, he's trying to figure out like, hmm, there was nothing in there. This huge, scary jack-in-the-box just springs out. The Scooby jumps onto Shaggy's arms. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's trying to get me. It's trying to get me. It's after me. And Shaggy's like, it's after you. And so he looks and he's like, oh, it's just a jack-in-the-box. It's still a creepy looking jack-in-the-box, though. It's not like yeah. a cute one. And Scooby's like, oh, ha, 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 he laughs. And then Shaggy tells him to stop goofing around. Which is kind of ironic because. <laughs> so Scooby sees a box of runny races, which is, or I can't do the voice like you, but funny face masks, like clown and harlequin masks. And then Shaggy appears in a red Napoleon style costume, complete with his hand tucked into his chest. Yeah, totally not goofing around. Not at not all. all. No. Yeah. And then Scooby sticks his head into the chest of masks and comes out with this like horn fanged monster mask. And then Shaggy dons a hat and cape that looks a lot like what the Phantom is wearing. And he puts his cloaked arm up to cover his face and he calls himself the Cloaked Cavalier. And Scooby says, that's a doozy. And then looks across the room and he sees what looks like the Phantom in the same pose near the door. So then he kind of looks back and forth to like Shaggy and then the Phantom and Shaggy's still striking the pose. And then when he looks back at the door, the Phantom's gone. <gasps> so Scooby runs and he knocks Shaggy over and he tells him there were two of him and Shaggy doesn't understand what he means but Scooby grabs the hat and the cape and he strikes the pose and he holds up two fingers and he says two of you and so Shaggy gets it now Scooby saw someone else who is dressed like him in the phantom outfit so they both run yeah and they do the little cartoon thing where like the cape and the hat like fly up in the air as they run away like Ooh. yeah yeah 
and then we get another commercial. Wow, this is uh, this, these commercials are coming hot and fast today. Yeah. So Daphne and Velma are walking across the stage, and Daphne is still complaining that she wishes she knew what they were looking for. And Velma's like, we'll know it when we find it. And Daphne's like, if we find it. And I'm kind of wondering at this point, where's Fred? Like, we've seen Daphne and Velma uh-huh. twice now looking around, and Fred's gone. Like, where's Fred? Anyway. I was wondering that, too, because like <laughs> you see Shaggy and Scooby messing around, and you see Velma and Daphne on the stage, like, looking around. And Fred's just not in the picture. So who yeah, knows Fred where is he gonna, went Fred off is going to show up. But at this this was the point where I was like, where is Fred? And then he yeah. shows up really quickly here. But the, we see the Phantom is watching them from inside the prompter's box at the front of the stage, right? That little under thing at the front of stages that people are always like, I'm going to save this that kind of place. And then we see that Fred is off stage. He's in the wings near the rigging. And he calls to Velma and Daphne. And then in the prompter's box, the phantom is all, and in my head, I'm thinking, dude, they had to hear that. And then he disappears. And then it turns out they did hear it because Velma's like, Fred, Daphne, I saw someone in the box. And she also heard someone, but I was like, hey, good. I'm glad they like dealt with that. Because I was like, dude, you like laugh like super loud. <laughs> they had to hear that. So they did. So that's good. And then Shaggy and Scooby come running onto the stage. And Shaggy tells them there's some guy in a black cape running around. And Fred's all like, we saw him in the prompter's box and that we should go down there and see what's in there. Right, Scooby? So by we, he means Scooby needs to go down there, right? And Scooby's like, nope. And then Daphne pulls out a Scooby snack and she's like, you can have the Scooby snack, no strings attached. Haha, puppet joke. And all you have to do is catch it. But then she throws it into the prompter's box. Of course, being a dog, Scooby's not thinking, right? So he just dives in after it, goes in the prompter's box. And then he pops up and says, that was a Rudy Rick. Dirty trick, right? Daphne tricked him. And then Fred asks him, like, what's in there? So he looks under the stairs into the room below, and the room is full of violin cases. Weird. Ooh, weird. But I mean, that also might be where, like, where the orchestra would be. So maybe not weird. But right. Or at least where the yeah. orchestra would like store their stuff, you know, if yeah. they were going to be playing. Yeah. yeah. So below stage, they open several of the cases, but they're all empty. There aren't even any violins. And Fred wonders if it's all a giant goose chase. Which, I mean, no one really asked you to come look into it. So maybe <laughs> um, like someone set this up for you. It's like you're the ones who anyway. You know, that Fred Jones kid, he loves to break and enter and look around and be nosy. What if we play a prank on him and make him come and break in? Well, I mean, it is just... weird that the violin case full of money was like hanging out the window anyway. Yeah. But Daphne's like, what about the man in the cape? And Shaggy's like, yeah, Scooby saw him too. And Scooby confirms this. And then suddenly there's music from a pipe organ and it fills the air. And Fred said, someone is playing the big organ on stage. So they all look out from the prompter's box and they see the phantom is at the organ. And then the lights go out for a second and the music stops. And when the light comes back on, the phantom is gone. (gasps) So they apparently all crawl through the prompter's box because then they're back on the stage. And Velma says what we already know, which is that he's gone. And Daphne says it must have been their imagination, which is so great. It's so great because she says (laughs) it and you're just thinking like, yes, five of you all heard and saw. You all imagined. And I just, yeah, that's not how that works. And then Shaggy says it's the first time he ever heard his imagination. So he doesn't think that's probably the case. Yeah. So then there's this loud shout across the stage and a barbarian 
like with a beard and like a fur onesie and a horned helmet. And he's got a big sword. He drops down from above. And he's like, oh, oh he waves the sword around and then he flies back up into the rafters. And Velma's like clutching on Shaggy like, whoa. And she's like, I don't think I like looking for clues anymore. And then somewhere else on stage, there's a pirate with a drawn cutlass. And he's all. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And then he also flies up in the rafters. And then the poodle appears and limps across the stage. And, is all, ah, 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 ah. and Scooby's like, has to run because that's the one, right? He saw it, so he runs after it. He's not messing around now. He's going to get that poodle. And so then he reappears with the puppet dangling from its strings in his mouth. So he's got the strings in his mouth and the puppet's hanging down. And he drops it on the floor like a dead animal. And then Velma sees there's something sticking out of its stuffing. And so she pulls it out and it's an engraving plate for the front of a $20 bill. That's a clue, I think. Oh, yeah, I think that's a big clue. Yeah. In an animation error, when Vilma pulls the plate from the puppet stuffing, it stays there. And so it actually looks like she like there's two in there and she only pulled one out. But I think it's just an error and there's only supposed to be one. It just They didn't take the old one away when they had her pull it. So, yeah, I think so, it too, because looks- I was confused because I was like, well, she's like so worried about holding on to that one. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, well, the back must be still in there, too. Both plates are in there. But I think it's just an error because it looks. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. So Fred says it's time they wake up the doorman and tell him what's going on, which I love this idea that like the doorman wouldn't have any idea what's going on in the building at all. And like they're yeah. clever enough to figure it out, but he's he like, is not- a, well, also the doorman is a heavy sleeper. So there's yeah. been organ music and people whistling and things dropping all yeah. over the place and just, but also laughter. like, why wouldn't he be in on this game if it's a, anyway, <sighs> So instead of calling the police, they go up to the sleeping doorman puppeteer guy. I mean, it, not a bad decision. Honestly. I mean, let's be honest. Calling the police is always terrible. But in shows like this, that seems like the logical solution. Anyway, real life, not so much. But in 1960s, Scooby-Doo. Anyway, so Daphne shakes him and she calls him the doorman. And she's like, wake up, wake up. Oh, wake up, Mr. Doorman. Wake up, Mr. Doorman. <laughs> And then his head falls to the side. <gasps> she and killed then, him. I know. It looks like he's dead. And Frank stammers a bit. And then he realizes the doorman is a puppet, too. And Shaggy's like, I'm done. And he runs to the door because he's out of there. He's finished with all these puppets and this nonsense. Uh-huh. But the door is locked. <gasps> and they're all locked in. Yeah. And Tori called Fred Frank. But that's partially my fault. <laughs> because in the notes I wrote. What is honestly a great bit of voice acting by Frank Welker, Fred stammers a bit before announcing the doorman is a puppet too. So that's why yeah, I must have him seen Frank. the word Frank and it just got <laughs> in my head. Frank. Yeah. It was just, I really liked it. was just, it was there's sometimes there's just little things that just get you. And like just the stammer that he did was just like, damn, that was freaking good. That was really good. So anyway, yeah, I'm one of those kind of dudes. I'm sorry. That you, well, you I like the voice details. acting? No, that's I good. I appreciate voice acting. I'm all about the details. So, you know. Anyway, Velma's like, but we have to get out of here with this important clue. So if the door is locked, that's a problem, right? And she's holding the counterfeiting plate. And then suddenly this purple hawk like swoops down. And it snatches the plate and it flies away. And Fred's like, there goes our only clue. And Shaggy's like, well, now what are we going to do? And Fred goes in the full, like, I'll tell you what we're going to do. And he's like pointing. And he's like, we're going to go back into that violin case room and give it another going over. 
and then we get another commercial. That's right, kids. There are four commercial breaks in this episode. It's like it's an iHeart Media podcast. It's kind of crazy, <laughs> but yeah, there are four commercial breaks in this episode. So it's like yeah. watching Hulu. I swear, every five seconds. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly like an iHeart Media podcast because there's not like three commercials before it starts and then three commercials every 15 minutes and then three commercials at the end, but it's kind of close. So yeah. yeah. Four commercial breaks in a 22 minute episode is a little much guys, but anyway, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Especially in 1969. Oh man. But I mean, it might've been like one commercial was probably like your local dude, like selling cars or something. So yeah. yeah. Instead of like a four commercial break, hop along Cassidy selling producers milk. And just, yeah, so. So inside the room, Fred tells them to look around for anything out of the ordinary. And Daphne spies this giant harp case that's leaning up against the wall. And she's like, that's big enough to hide something. And Velma's like, I wonder if it's empty too. And Fred opens it and Shaggy's like, well, it's definitely not empty. It has a whole room inside of it. But it's not a TARDIS. It actually is a doorway to a secret room. So it's not even a harp case. It's just a big door. Yep. And Fred is like, we've hit the jackpot. Because there's a printing press in there. And there are stacks of $20 bills. And Daphne's like, Freddie was right. It's a huge counterfeit printing operation. I'm not sure like one press is a huge operation. But, you know, she's got to stroke that ego. So, yeah. yeah, I get it. Also, I guess it's good that Daphne's independently wealthy. Otherwise... Hitting the jackpot could mean they could just kind of take the money and run, which yeah, because apparently they're real. I mean, well, we don't know. Like, was that twenty a red herring, and actually was a real twenty dollar bill? We don't know. They yeah. don't. We don't get an answer to that. But but yeah. maybe they're good. Maybe they're good enough maybe to they're, pass. Maybe they're really good. Yeah, maybe they're really good counterfeits. We don't know. <laughs> so maniacal laughter fills the room, and the phantom appears in the corner behind them. And he laughs some more, and so the gang runs. And he follows, and he's still laughing. And they go through a door with the phantom right behind them. And the door somehow swings shut after the phantom runs through it, and the lock bar closes, which locks them all in. (gasps) But the maniacal laughter continues, and the phantom says, you know my secret. And he's still (gasps) laughing. He seems kind of unhinged. And they're running through this tunnel, and they can't tell what direction the voice is coming from. And then the tunnel dead ends with this ladder that's bolted to the wall, but it's too dark and the ladder goes up too high to see where it goes. But they don't really have another option, so they climb up the ladder. Mm-hmm. And Fred and Velma reach the top together and then they peer out of a trap door. And they can't really tell where they are, but we can see like a sky background in a tree and it does kind of look like they're on the theater stage. And then the phantom's foot steps on the trap door, closing it. And he laughs and he says, they've learned his secret so they can never go. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, not good. Not good. No. So they're in total darkness at the top of the ladder. And Fred says, one man can't weigh that much. So if we all push the door together, we might be able to push him off. So from the stage view, we can see that the Phantom has actually already left and he's not standing on the trap door. So I don't know what his plan is to keep them contained. But anyway, it's fine. I mean, the door's locked. They can't get out. So. That's true, I guess. Yeah. So they all manage to push the trap door open because obviously no one's on it. And they pop through the trap door at once. I'm not sure how they do that when they're on a ladder. But yeah, clever balancing. I don't know. Maybe. Gymnastics. <laughs> I mean, Shaggy is... Yeah, gymnast skills or something. Yeah. 
So then they realize they are on the stage again. And Velma tells everyone to be careful. The Phantom is around somewhere. <gasps> and Scooby pops out of the trap door. And then the barbarian drops down again, swinging his sword and shouting, ho. And Shaggy's terrified and he screams. But then the pirate appears and he does some kind of pirate thing and he brandishes his cutlass. And Scooby also screams. But then Velma steps out in front of everyone with her hands out and she's shielding them. And she says, you have nothing to fear. Like the doorman, those two are just puppets. (gasps) And Fred's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And that means there must be a puppet master. Mm, dun, Fred's dun, on the dun. ball. That's right. A puppet master. If there's puppets, got to have a puppet master. So Scooby looks up and he sees a shadowy figure holding these puppet controls on a catwalk. And so he runs over and he pulls a rigging rope and this huge sandbag drops, but he bites onto the rope. And so it carries them up into the rafters. And then the phantom is running across the catwalk and we see that Scooby-Doo is chasing him. And then down below, they're like, wow, look at Scooby. He's, wow, my God, he's like chasing the phantom. Whoa. And then the phantom leaps onto this rope that's hanging off the side of the catwalk. And Scooby's like, rawr, 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 barking at him from the catwalk. And then Fred's like, I'll help. And he unties another rope. And that rope is obviously the one the phantom was on because then the phantom comes crashing to the ground. He lands in this bass drum that's laying on its side that was on a stage. And then Shaggy has this giant tuba <clears throat> puts it over the top of him. And then Scooby's up on top of the catwalk. He's all <laughs> doing a little Scooby laugh because they have the phantom. And they didn't even need to make like some big elaborate trap. It's like just boom, he's captured. Nope, they just got him. Super cool. So then from inside a patrol car, some cop is like, wow, you kids deserve a lot of credit, which they do because like the cops didn't do shit, right? <laughs> anyway, no. so the town has apparently been flooded with phony $20 bills for weeks. And again, like, what were the cops doing? Nothing. Just waiting for Mystery Incorporated to figure it out. Anyway, Shaggy's like, it was nothing. And we see the doorman puppeteer dude. He's in the back seat with his hands cuffed behind him. And Shaggy's like, old Pietro thought he was sneaky posing as doorman. So apparently that actually is Pietro. And But then he's like, the real hero is Scooby-Doo. And then he's like, wait, where is Scooby anyway? And then we see Scooby. He's all decked out. He's got a top hat and an opera cape. And he's wearing like one of those old timey like shirt fronts that are like you no know, starch, like in the old like three stooges they'd be like it would pop up and roll up and hit people in the face who's got one of those on bow tie and he's all like ah, like striking a pose against the backstage door and Velma's like like i said what a ham and scooby gives us this little like you know what babe wink and then he's all ruby ruby roo and then <laughs> we get the ed credit sequence over. yep we don't even get like oh you we haven't really we've only i think we've only got like one Oh, you kids. And it wasn't even like the real like, oh, you kids things. Is this going to be like one of those like play it again, Sam things where like they actually never really do that. But we all assume they do that all the time. I think they do that in later seasons. I don't know if they do that in this one. So we'll see. I think it does become kind of a thing, but obviously it hasn't happened yet. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. And per usual, I'm like willing to ignore like big crazy stuff like all these magical puppets like that look totally like people, right? Because it's a cartoon. Right. And so my only real complaint is similar to last episode, which I was like, how did Carl get from falling into that chasm to being locked in the trunk in his room so quickly? This one is like, how did the phantom get out of the tunnel to be standing on top of the trap door? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the answer is that that was actually a puppet that was chasing them. And the real phantom was on stage the whole time running all the controls. Right. But weirdly... I need for them to explain it to me 
vicariously by explaining it to someone else in the show, that's how I know it makes sense. Like if they don't tell me that's what they happened, then I don't believe that's what happened. And so like, that doesn't make sense either, but that's how I roll. Like I need for them to explain it to me. Yeah. So. And also like, why did he have a life-size puppet of himself? Well, and like, was that, uh, uh, oh, I guess that had to be him in the costume at some point, right? Because they capture him and that's how he gets captured, right? So, yeah. Or, yeah. oh, you're talking about a life-size puppet of him as the puppeteer. Yeah, like at the I'm door. Kidding. Well, he's got, like, apparently he has life-size puppets of everything. Yeah. So. And also, I mean, if you're running a counterfeit operation, why are you letting kids in at night anyway? And why aren't you locking your door? Yeah. Just saying. There's that. Anyway. I mean, maybe no one locks their doors. And so if you locked your door, that would be suspicious. So it's better just to have like a hidden room that's got like a harp case for a door. I don't know. I, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I guess trying to apply logic to these villains is. Yeah. Is a lots exercise of, in futility. Lots of very interesting architectural design is scooby Doo to say because we've had like we've got secret rooms that are hidden by like bookcases right i mean that's kind of like standard right it's a bookcase yeah. kind of thing the bookcase slides away but we had like a giant wine cask that was a secret room we've had mummy cases that one that one actually is pretty good too the mummy cases are pretty good you know open the mummy case in a secret room but like you know giant wine casks and then like a big harp case that's pretty good too so yeah Anyway, that's the end. Yep, that's it's over. Backstage rage. Did I say we had the end credit sequence? I think I did, but I don't remember. So I'm going to say it again. We had the end credit sequence, which is the same as the opening credit sequence, just with names of people and voices and artists who worked yep. very hard on this cartoon for little kids to watch. Yeah, but and for us to now to put some nice touches in there. Overthink on a podcast like 50 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 52 years later. Oh, time is weird. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. And if you're listening to this, then that means you supported us. And so thanks for supporting us. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate it. Yeah. See you next time. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. Our premium feed is where you can find all of our X-Files adjacent bonus episodes covering television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like these bonus episodes, tell a friend about our Patreon page. We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch episode 10 of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Bedlam in the Big Top. And try to figure out if, if the, the truth, truth is, is still out there. there.
can we start this from the beginning? Um, yeah. Just because, like, you came in, you came in high on the clown and Harlequin masks when you got stuck. So sure, really come here. Anyway, pop in a butt. Well, snotty all, right. all of a sudden. Uh, my cats are being snotty. <laughs> uh, all right. 